Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello guys, welcome to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony Evans. This is uh, part two of the songs that open shows. Um, last week's episode, if you dared to listen, uh, was the factual um, open songs that open shows. That basically, my record collection, or some of my record collection, uh, the actual songs that open. This one is uh, a fantasy uh, opening songs. Now, this again, this was inspired by my good friend Millsy, listener to the show and long-term friend, and uh, he uh, he had this lovely idea about uh, talking about uh, songs that open shows. Should they be bangers? Should they be should they be uh, quiet starters? You know, I got to a slight conclusion towards the end where I was adamant that they should be um, slow start, loud finish, um, but sort of towards the end of the show and thinking about it I quite sort of don't mind an opening banger as uh, as Millsy would put it now we also have the Millsy meter I did look for some sound effects to put in this <laughs> in here but for the life of me could not find one that would fit it didn't cost me an arm and a leg you know so you have to imagine the spinning wheel well you know that sound effect when you hit the um, at the fair to test your weight where it goes boing bing hits the bell imagine that uh, and you'll be fine so, you know, picture this. You're, it doesn't matter, you could be a teenager, you could be an adult, it could be, it could be next week, it could be when you were a teenager. But that feeling you get, you know, when you you go to a gig, if it's a band that you know, or a singer or a song or whoever, someone you know, um, and you love dearly, that sense that you stand there amongst people of like-minded um, beliefs and you go right and you, you know you're sitting you're milling around you're either outside queuing up um, in you know waiting to get in talking to strangers in the crowd as I do or your mates you know or you're in a bar waiting at the gig sort of chatting away or you know standing at the merch stand wherever you are that sense of uh, wonderful um, of wonders to come you know you know are, are they going to open with Blah, the big song. Are they going to open with something new? Are they going to open with with something you've never, you know, something from the old catalogue if it's a big band? You never know, right? And that adds that spice to the night, I think, not knowing. I mean, of some bands, as I've mentioned before, um, a lot of these bands I mentioned now open with the same song every time. Uh, so this stuff will be slightly different. Now, 
I'm going to do a mixture of um, all sorts of genres. It's not just heavy metal, as you know me, I like all music. So it's going to be a, an interesting mix. Basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to name the band and I'm going to name my fantasy opening song. Possibly where I'd like to see it played, if I can squeeze that in. Um, and uh, the era of the band. Right, imagine we're going to do a bit of time traveling here, right? So a bit of Scooby-Doo action, you know, yeah, that stuff. Um, you know, wibbly wobbly screen, you know, bit of uh, bit of Scooby-Doo stuff going on. Now, it's uh, it took me a little while. There's, there's so much, um, so much stuff that you could talk about. In fact, I have pages and pages of notes uh, here, so it'll be fun, and we'll see how we go. Now, just on a quick. Uh, a bit of housekeeping in two weeks time will be my 150th episode would you believe it 150 episodes it's crazy town right um i'm going to do a i'm going to talk about one of my uh, a musician that is uh, sort of probably not in the in a lot of your people's a lot of listeners um spectrum but it should be as one of those forgotten ones that people of my generation a bit older will remember but the younger guys might not know, and I think that it would be really important. Um, this particular former performer straddles um, glam, punk, hard rock, blues, progressive, um, with one of the best naming names of bands in history of music, in my opinion. And uh, sadly, he died young, the lead singer. So we didn't get much off from him. We got a fair bit, but not a huge amount. So I'd love to uh, talk about that because he really, truly did influence and still influences a lot of my musical tastes. Uh, I'm just listening to the new um, Saxon um, tribute, like album they did, which is all like songs from their past, his, their tribute, their bands that, that influenced them. And one of the tracks is by this band. And it made me think, do you know what? I think we need to talk about him uh, and them um a little bit more and keep get him back get them back into the in the into the you know emotional zeitgeist as they say and I did say zeitgeist so you can't stop me all right <laughs> I know another, I know another long word a wheelbarrow there you go <laughs> doesn't matter um right so where do we begin where do we begin now I'm going to begin with some of the bands that Millsy sort of chatted to me about over the last couple of days. Um, now, he... Oh, oh there's a, see, that was a spring on my microphone stand. Um, he wanted me to talk about a lot of different bands. Um, obviously, he has very varied tastes like me. But he sort of mentioned originally uh, UFOs opening with Doctor Doctor. Now, Doctor Doctor is one of those songs that we all, we all love right we all um enjoy uh, and it's a you know it's a crowd pleaser and i don't know i haven't looked into this whether they have opened with doctor doctor before but this will be original lineup of course as i mentioned before unless i say it's a later one all these bands will be original lineups in their heydays so this will be 81 80 81 for ufo um you know they sort of influenced Iron Maiden and a lot of the heavy rock bands um, of the new album sort of 
era or the new wave of British heavy metal, as, a, as it's probably mentioned. Um, or as I like to call it, just plain heavy metal, you know, <laughs> the origin story. Um, and I'm, I have to say that for me, I wouldn't open with UFOs Doctor Doctor. I'd probably open with something else. Um, but as Mills, if this is Millsy's choice and he wants to open with a cracker, I think Doctor Doctor will be, would be the case. Uh, he, like, the audience reaction to that song when it's played um, by other bands is absolutely outrageous. And, you know, it's often played um, before... Most people play... A lot of bands play it as a warm-up to their live show. I know that Iron Maiden does it. It always makes me smile. It's one of those songs that... that um, straddles pop and rock and heavy metal and sort of glam and sort of euro metal uh, really really well it, it uh ufo is one of those bands that i sadly never got to see live um and you know we've lost one of the members recently with them from them their bass player and it uh you know they they sort of just them and the scorpions are those sort of bands where you you uh you'd happily take uh, someone who's not overly fond of heavy rock or heavy metal to see them because they make songs like Doctor Doctor and people can like they're like Def Leppard I've not uh, spoiler here Def Leppard's not on my list or it could jump in I've written it down it might jump in um, again same thing that sort of um, the easy listening side of heavy metal if you know what I mean by that without offending UFO or Def Leppard fans or even Scorpion fans, to be honest with you. Um, so, where was I going with that? Yeah, so, he wanted me to open with Doctor Doctor, and I can't, and that, you know, is an absolute cracker of an opener. It's it's fun, it's bouncy, it, get, it will get the audience going exactly what it wants, it, what he wants it to do. Um, and I can't, I can't fault him on that one. I really can't. And on the Millsy meter, insert noise there, um, I would say it's going to be about a seven for me uh, because I'd rather have that as a closer. So I go home singing it because that's the song I want to sing, <laughs> you know, that I'd whistle on the train home, you know what I mean? Um, that's the kind of, yeah, I reckon a seven. I reckon on the old MM, it's a, a seven, all right? Now, we're going to change track completely here and we're going to go to um, into the sort of the punky um, side of things move away from the easy listening heavy rock to some fantastic Irish punk pop some of the, the greatest punk pop uh, ever made I know that um, people will point to um, there was a lot of there was a lot of peas in it, wasn't there? People will point to, uh, probably to the Buzzcocks, um, and sometimes they'll point to Green Day, but I will roll my eyes at that one, but they'll, put, they'll point to the Buzzcocks, really. I generally think that XTC or this band here that I'm about to mention are the greatest of the punk, of the punk pop songs. And to be honest, the undertones... And this again, this is uh, uh, first lineup undertones. There is the undertones are going around at the moment without um, Fergal Sharkey, but uh, it's not the undertones without Fergal Sharkey. 
Now, I was thinking, now, okay, Nilsie mentioned he liked Jimmy Jimmy as an opening song for that one, and I get it, because it's quite a fast-paced, uh, quite a, uh, a sing-along song, bouncy, you know, get the crowd going. Um, I'm going to disagree again with Millsy on here. I think, for me, it would be Mars Bar, which is, uh, uh, if you know the song, it's quite an odd little song, but it's fast, it's sing-along, it's very punky. Uh, it's got the lyric, I need a Mars Bar, you know, work, rest and play, which was the um, the advert for Mars Bars. I just find it fun, punky and, and playful. Jimmy Jimmy is a bit more soulful and I can see why you'd want to open with it. It's not a, it is a, it's not a banger as bigger banger as say my cousin Kevin, um, but it, you know it. Uh, it is still a really good sing along open song. It's a brilliant single. I have it. I love it because I love the undertones and I get where Mills is coming from on the on the Millsy meter. I'm gonna put that one and score that one. I'm gonna score that one an eight because I think that's a generally a, a, a cracking um, opening. Uh, a song now a lot of these you're going to say Tony but most of these are your fantasy opening songs aren't they all going to score high yes they will so the concept fell flat there slightly but doesn't matter we'll crack on we'll crack on with, with the concept and then we're going to move to another contentious one here right okay the jam the wonderful 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 60s inspired punk band the jam um again original lineup i don't think they've torn with toured without the original lineup but i know that um foxton on bass does have a a tribute band sort of tribute band because there's only him in it um and some you know so they do jam covers but original lineup jam it's at the marquee you can you imagine sorry again dr doctor at um Wembley Arena, huge crowd, all bouncing around, amazing. And the undertones at the marquee again, like small, intimate, um, you know, uh, joyful and fun. And that's what that punk pop's about. But the jam, the jam would be somewhere like the the uh, the marquee or the town and country club, which is, became the forum, which is now something else, or even you know maybe the Hammersfordian. Somewhere, somewhere. I mean, it's a big size, the Odeon, but you know, sort of medium-sized gig. Now, there are lots of songs that the Jam could open with, and on my fantasy opening one, what would I want? Would I want something that I'd never heard before, or I don't think that I've heard before and I'm familiar with, and I just want to hear them play now? There's, there's a couple here, right? So I think Millsy was mentioning, and we were talking about That's Entertainment, because there is a brilliant piece of lyric, lyrical writing. I mean, um, Paul Weller is one of the greatest lyricists of the 20th, 20th century. He's um, a brilliant, brilliant songwriter. His way with words is uh, on par with Elvis Costello and um, John Lydon. I've, I've, I've mentioned this before. He's it's just a bit, and Billy Bragg. He's a very, very smart, astute wordsmith. And um, that's entertainment is brilliant because it has it has the the wittiness, the the fun and banter, and the 
musical um, energy to open a uh, to open the the venue the, the gig with. But I'm gonna sort of I'm gonna I would score that and like an eight. It's gonna get old early, isn't it? On the <laughs> on the old Millsy meter, I'm gonna score it an eight, but possibly even a seven. I myself, if it was, and this is coming from me now, I this my opening um, track for the jam would be News of the World um, because it's my favourite jam song. I want it early. I want it. I want it early because if it's in the middle of the gig, I'm going to forget it. If it's at the end, I'm too knackered to really enjoy it. Um, one at the beginning because it's a. It is one of my favourite Foxton bass lines. It's one of my favourite um, Willow lyrics. It's got uh, vitriol. It's got energy. It's got punkness. It's got poppiness. It's um, truly one of my favourite songs of the era, actually. So that would score a 10. It will score a 10 um, for me. If, if they opened up at the marquee, 1980, whatever, 79, 80, and played That's Entertainment, I think it would go absolutely off, to be honest. And then we're going to go to another uh, one, another one I just mentioned, Elvis Costello. So Elvis Costello and the Attractions, what a band, right? Again, one of the greatest lyricists of his generation. Um, he, he, you know, he has the most diversity uh, of musical styles. I don't like the stuff, to be honest, he does with Burke Bacharach, but hey, that's his, um, that's his choice. You know, Burke Bacharach, he wrote the tunes. <laughs> um, that's a Monty Python quote, if anyone can... Uh, know what it is let me know because uh, I'll be interested if I want to get it I know that John will um, anyway um, sorry off tangent uh, yeah so this song again with Elvis Costello so many could be brilliant opening songs couldn't they you could have watching the detectives you know absolutely brilliant you could have um, could have Oh gosh, so many. You could have Allison, that's a great opening track. But for me, it has to be Elvis Costello's Oliver's Army. The reason that Oliver's Army would, would, would make me cry seeing him live um, in his heyday was because it's the one song that my brother and I bond on. We don't bond on a lot of things musically, um, my older brother Michael, um, but that song, he brought it home. We had this little sort of Dan... Dan Electronics record deck, you know, a little tiny sort of lift lid, had a lid, you lifted up and the speaker was in the lid. It was one of those little spring deck. Um, it was cheap, terrible stylus, terrible sound, but it was the only record player we were allowed to have in the house that wasn't my father's. Um, cause Dad wouldn't allow music in the house. I told you that before on this show. We won't go into that one. Um, and we, we he brought it home with, I believe he brought it home with Blondie's... Um, Blondie's Heart of Glass and the Sex Pistols uh, Come On Everybody. I don't know whether they all came out at the same time. I, mean, I, have to, I haven't checked that. Or they were just, you know, he got them second. I don't know. But he brought them home relatively just after they were released. So late 70s, early 80s. And I was a young boy. And he played it on. the And it just, you know, it, every time I hear it now, it makes the hairs on the back of my ha arms stand up. 
And it is a song I've told you before in this podcast. If you're a fan of the show and listened before, that I do want played at my funeral. One of my many, one of the many songs um, that I want played at my wake, if you know what I mean, or in the church even. I don't give. Oh, not the church. Wherever you know, it doesn't matter. But that's one of the songs I want played, and it means a lot to me. And so to hear him play that would be may not be the greatest opener for most Elvis Costello fans. They might think it's a bit passe, and because it was his big single, but. For me, it just means it, it means a lot. Just the connection I have with my brothers, with my brother particularly, and and I just love the song. I love the lyric. I love the bounciness of the melody. Um, I like Elvis's. Uh, I like the video of him on the beach. You know, I like the lyric that can offend people. It's in, in that song. Um, you know, you wouldn't get away with it now. I think it's just brilliant. And as an opener, it would just send me into vitriolic raptures you know what i mean is that the right term i don't know anyway we're gonna move swiftly on to the last song for this side of the show and this one is going to be it's a bit of a harder one right it's uh i'm maiden now very difficult very very difficult because i'm going to talk about two eras of Iron Maiden here, okay? Um, oh, one second, my computer's gone into sleep mode. I don't know why it does that. Are we back? Yes, I think we are. There we go. Um, yes, so there were two eras to Maiden, the Diano and Dickinson. Uh, both of them tricky i sat down this morning over coffee and chatted to my lovely wife about this who is also a maiden fan and we could not agree um i know that there is there is another era of maiden but i'm just going to do the two okay otherwise we'll be here all day now um for me it's going to be now most people will go my wife said number of the beast and that's a classic option um and the, it was a great album and it's not my favourite Maiden album my favourite Maiden album is Peace of Mind as you all know but none of the tracks of Peace of Mind are going to be on this for me as an opener for me I'm going to be controversial I'm going to say something that would you know most bands couldn't open with a 12 and a half minute song but I want Maiden to do it I want Maiden to open with Rhyme on the Ancient Mariner and I'll tell you why during the um the the world the world slavery tour i want them to open with rhyme and ancient mariner because i want to be fresh for that one i want to get to that middle eight with the you know steve harris um bass piece and the you know that slow um fresh i want it to i want it to open and wow me right I know people say, oh, that should be in the middle, maybe that should be at the end. I reckon I'm going to be controversial. I, thought I want it at the beginning because I want to, I could not, I could not tell you how much, how, what state I would be in if they played that first. I don't, I would be so, it would be, it, this is, again, this is my fantasy opening number, right, guys? You might disagree. You might say Number of the Beast. You might say Where You Was There. You might say um, Hello Be Thy Name. You might say any of the plethora 
of their amazing out songs. But for me, Roman Nature Mariner, because it is another one that I'm going to be having played at my funeral. Sorry to be a maudlin about this, but that's what that is how it is. I want that happening. And um, that's it for me, Roman Nature Mariner, for the Bruce Dickinson. But for the Diano, now, again, so many, so many you could open with. You could open with Iron Maiden, you could open with Killers, you could open with all sorts of things. Uh, but for me, it has to be my favourite Diano song, and that's, and that's Phantom of the Opera. I bloody love the guitar refrain in that piece of music, and that particular song right there absolutely encapsulates New Wave of British Heavy Metal to me. It absolutely encapsulates. It, it just, it just it, in, in the four minute or five minutes that song goes for, it completely encompasses the sound that the Brits were making in the late 70s and early 80s absolutely perfectly. And to open that with Diano would be brilliant because Diano's voice um, towards the end does fracture um, because he was, you know, he had a very interesting and um, aggressive vocal um, styling. So I want that song first so that I get the perfect lyrical nuance, a perfect song from it. Absolutely brilliant. And I, and I know there are so many you could do a Maiden. I could do a whole show on Maiden openers, but this is for me. For the Diano era, absolutely, you know. And for the Blaze Bailey, if we're going to chuck one on there, we're going to chuck a Blaze Bailey on there. And I, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say, oh, gosh, it's a tough one, isn't it? The Blaze Bailey one. I'm going to say Future Real, I think. Um, it's really fast. It's it's very, um, that uh, moment in time for Maiden, uh, it's it's free. It, uh, it's trying to be. It's sort of trying to be Dickinson Maiden, but with someone else. And I quite like that sort of jumping around of styles. I quite enjoy it. It's my favourite, really, of the uh, of that particular um, era. Not that I'm a big fan, although you do know that since this, doing this show, I've fallen in love with those two albums. Uh, so you know, it, it has reunited me for the Blaze Bailey era albums they are better than i thought they were anyway let's leave it at that um i didn't do the millsy meter did i for for um if i didn't do the millsy meter for uh for obvious costello it's a 10 but 10 if i forgot it i probably have so i've repeated myself and with phantom of the opera and with um run the inch are both 10 they are they are breaking the bell off the top of the meter it has exploded the millsy meter it is it i will have to go out have a break and repair the millsy meter because coming back on the second side are some absolute crackers that would destroy the meter if i was to press the button without repairing it so see you on the other side guys bye for now 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back, guys, to part two. I fixed the Mills meter, took a bit of adjusting as I blew the head off of it with the last two songs. I found a spring I was looking for in the garage, and I never throw any springs away and bits and bobs. You never know when you're going to need them. Uh, and, uh, you know, a bit of a tinker with my tool, and now we're okay. The part two of fantasy opening songs. Now, we're going to do some big hitters here. We ended with a big hitter. I think this is going to be major league hitting here now again as i mentioned before these are these are my a uh, mix of millsy's as he asked me to do the show and he, he uh, and it was a great idea and we were discussing opening songs some of his uh, most of them are mine um and you know you may disagree you may agree um it's up to you i'd love to hear from you what your thoughts on some of these bands and their opening songs because you know i, I mean Again, this could... I, I'm an emotional kind of guy. Yeah, man. And um, so, you know, on Monday, um, it might be Phantom the Opera for opening track of Iron Maiden Diano Years, but then, you know, I could sit down, think again, and go, oh, maybe Killers. You know, maybe Remember Tomorrow. Who knows, right? Um, but this is generally how I feel at this moment. So big, big hitters. Here we go. Another two-parter. Black Sabbath. Mm, tough one, right? Tough, tough, tough one. Because we've got... Now, I know before you, you know, attack me in the comments, I know there are several eras of Sabbath. But I'm going to go with the three main eras. I'm going to go with Ozzy, Dio, and Martin, all right? Um, because they're the three that I consider Black Sabbath eras. Whether the original lineups doesn't matter... They're the three singers 
of the band and at the time when they were in the band the lineup is the lineup we're talking to talk about so we're going to start with Ozzy this is controversial this is very controversial I think I might get um, put off some Black Tabith listeners here um, this song closed the very final gig that I ever saw with Ma- with Sabbath at, in Sydney uh, on their very final tour end of the world tour um, it made me cry I cried during the solo I cried afterwards I was a, an emotional wreck um, knowing that there will be no more so I'm getting teared up now sorry knowing that there will be no more Black Sabbath like oh god hang on hang on <laughs> yeah anyway doesn't matter like it's okay sorry i get a bit emotional over that thought um i'm not it just it just does it They're very important to me um and uh you know it could you could open with so many absolutely all the, of their careers you know over the over the life of the, the albums they did so many brilliant brilliant numbers and i'm never going to make people happy here but this is my one i want them to open with they closed with their last gig this is what i want them to open with my favourite Iomi solo. Um, I think it's one of Iomi's favourite solos. And that's off of Technical Ecstasy. I know it's an album that it really polarises people. Uh, but Dirty Women. It, it it really... I know you're going to say, but it doesn't... It doesn't say Black Sabbath. You know, it's not doomy and heavy and dark and and almost psychedelic but I know it's not I know it's a bluesy driven song I know that but it's my favourite sing uh, solo and, and honestly because I got to see because I saw it last and it made me cry and it's my favourite I want to see it first so I can enjoy the show <laughs> afterwards no ending song is going to make me happy knowing it's a very final show but this is this is the technical ecstasy era so it's not their very final show you see so I can see it live and I can hear it first up knowing that I'm going to hear it many times again although they never really played it very often live so it's just brilliant it's just this wonderful real blues solo I really love the nastiness and the silliness of the lyric I think it's one of Ozzy's best vocal performances and it's just yeah brilliant and that on the I'm going to wind up hang on just winding up the millsy meter it might go through the roof oh yep 10 absolutely 10 uh it could not be any more than in fact if it could go to if it could go to 11 that's where it would go um now we move into the Dio era now you will know that I'm not a huge fan of Sabbath Dio era Sabbath. I'm not. Um, I know that can be sacrilegious or sacrilegious to some people. Uh, but it, to me, no, I have to be truthful to myself. Um, I love him in Rainbow. I love his solo career. Uh, there's just something about the way he treated the history of the band and the band itself and you know, try to sort of completely whitewash um, Ozzy and make out that he's the true Black Sabbath singer. And it really irks me, and it does irk me, and it does put me off some of the music. I mean, Heaven and Hell, we cannot put that aside as one of the greatest albums ever made. We know that. But it, it still hurts me the way he 
where he sort of he used to talk um not very reverential to be honest so but when i look at the the songs for the opening tracks i find myself sitting in a song that i actually don't like this album but this song i really like off it um this is off of mob rules you might think it oh why didn't you pick something off of um heaven and hell no to no because that's the sort of album you want later on in the so, in the in the gig but for me um sign of the sign of the southern cross there's something about that song i i, I think it's the best song on the album it's probably one of the best songs that dio ever did with with um sabbath it has a sort of because the album itself has a, a little bit too much of an american honky tonk feel um i mentioned that before this doesn't this has a, a real sort of windswept um, heaviness, which I, I like about it. And I think it's actually one of Dio's favourite, best lyrical, um, um, not lyrical, best vocal performances on this. It gives a, it, it feels like a Dio song played by Black Sabbath, but I love it. Anyway, then on to Tony Martin. Now, as you all know, um, I'm a massive Tony Martin fan. I interviewed him a couple of years ago for the uh, uh, for a website, and I put it on the show here. I've reviewed his latest album, he um, Heaven and he um, Headless Cross, is my favourite album, full stop, uh, of any heavy metal era. Um, I they're re-releasing as a box set in May. I cannot, cannot, cannot tell you how excited I am by that. It is my white whale. I do not have a copy of it because I left it in the UK. It's very hard to get off, get hold of because IRS, IRS records went under. Um, Ozzy's lovely wife would not allow certain for certain reasons for it to be released, um, and so. But finally, they've got the go ahead, and all of the Tony Martin albums are coming out. Tyr, Headless Cross, all those, uh, brilliant. Um, so. The opening song, you would think, would it be Headless Cross? Well, I saw them um, in, at the Hamster Bodine, as I've mentioned before, during this tour, the Headless Cross tour, and they opened with Headless Cross, if I remember. So no, I don't want them to open with Headless Cross. I want them to open when, with When Death Calls, um, because that's, I reckon, again, Martin's br brilliant vocal line. It will get the audience rumbling. It's a cracker of an MM10. It definitely hits the bell at the top of the meter. Um, you know, and and it hangs around. It doesn't drop off. It stays at ten and keeps buzzing. I reckon. Um, now it's not the classic um, Sabbath lineup, but come on, cozy power on drums, Tony Martin vocals, Iommi guitar. I mean, you you know, you cannot tell me that does not excite you. And off the off that particular album, when Death Calls is an absolute brilliant brilliant piece of music so staying in the same kind of genre as we are known for heavy metal here at heavy metal tones although you know do love my we will be talking about prog hold on i know it might not be your thing but hold in it might be you might learn something um we're gonna move to slayer now i've seen slayer many 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 times uh, probably i think as i've mentioned every tour since the um since the random blood tour i believe uh, and they've got lots they can open with, right? There's been some, there's been some, let's be honest, there's been some misses on their 
on their albums, their sound can sometimes be one-dimensional. Um, if it wasn't for the Floyd Rose trim, um, you know, the solos would, they would never solo, right? Okay. Um, Kerry King would never solo. Now, sorry, Slayer fans, I but I love it. I love his solos. I love his madness in his solos, but they're not the most intricate, are they? Um, you know, there's lots of, lots of bombing and diving and, and screeching. But, hey, you know, that's what makes them. So, opening song. What do I want from them? And I've seen them loads of times, and to be honest, this is the song I always wanted to open with. I don't remember ever them opening with them. If they did, please do let me know. I might be wrong, but Dead Skin Mask or Crooked Cross. They're the two that I want. Dead Skin Mask would be up there. would be an absolute 10. It's going to get older, isn't it, guys? That's going to get really old. Um, 10. Crooked Cross would be around a 7 or a 8. It'd sort of hover. It would be hard to push past the 7 on the, on the Millsy meter, that one. But it'd still give you joy, right? Because it's actually... Um, again, it's a... Slayer and a very can be very hard on the ear if you're not a Slayer fan for the speed and aggression that they come out of the gates with. So things like Dead Skin Mask and um, Crooked Cross are their sort of more easily listening lyric, right, and vocal line. So it's good to open with that. Um, you know, you don't really want to open want them opening with someone like Angel of Death. You know, it's just going to it it just rip your face off. Now that is good if that's what you want, get you into that frenzy but i think start with dead skin mask or crooked cross and you know and away, and away you go now we're going back to aussie again aussie now <clears throat> aussie's a tough one i only i'm only going to talk about the randy Rhodes era aussie here god rest your soul at randy we love you much and we wish miss you miss you miss you um He's had some brilliant guitarists, and he still does. He has Zach Wilde. He's got all those different guitarists that play with him. But Ozzy, latter Ozzy, is for, because he doesn't have the punch in his vocal anymore, God rest it. God, I hope he stays and keeps going forever. But he's real. the real Ozzy sound for me is the Zach Wilde, the, the, the Randy Rhodes era. And he'd admit to that, and most fans will admit to that. And it's a very difficult songs to choose. There's so many bangers, so many classics um, from the Randy Road era. And to be fair, um, most people would say Suicide Solution, you know, Crazy Train. But I'm going to say my favourite. My favourite because I'm a big lover of the uh, paranormal, as you know, and the sort of... Um, darker sides of life and and the, and the more spiritual side of life and I think that Mr. Crowley um, is my favourite because of that because it, it it pays homage and a nod to Alistair Crowley the most evil man in the world at one time uh, it's a brilliant brilliant song now you could say he did a similar thing later on with other songs but that would be a brilliant opener because who doesn't love that opening, you know, note? It's just brilliant. Uh, but, and that would be a 10. That is, again, almost taking the, the bell off for the Millsy Meter and 
and sending into the stratosphere. You can't, it's, for me, oh my God, he's open with Mr. Crowley. I think I might wet myself. Um, but, but I also have one I'd like him to play. Again, in around a seven or a eight, for me, hovering around the eight more likely, is Steal Away. Steal Away is, um, is a fun song. Again, it's one of Ozzy's best vocal lines. Um, it's a great, easy lyric. It's got a brilliant guitar solo in it. It's punchy. It sounds like Ozzy. It hasn't real, you know, there's a, a, you know, when you smell, certain smells remind you of things, you know, like coffee smells like, an, uh, you know, a more, in a hotel mornings in, in a beautiful hotel restaurant, the smell of coffee or, you know, the smell of, um, for me, like gum, gum trees here, you know, like the smell of wattle smells like spring to me in Australia and, and that that's sort of the steal away sound is what I think of as early Aussie, like the fun Aussie, slightly fat, um, slightly, uh, well not slightly, extremely um, chaotic Aussie. And that's my Aussie. That's the one I love the most, to be honest with you, of his solo stuff. Now we're going to, we've got a few more. We will, I know I, I can keep going here, guys. Um, I've got about three or four more I want to talk about. I might not get to everything I want, but let's try, okay? If you're hanging in, you're hanging in. If you want to make a note of all these songs, please do. Um, I can always try if I remember to put them in the show notes. I never remember, do I, guys? But I might try. Um, great, uh, Gary Moore, the greatest guitarist of the ever. The greatest blues guitarist, in my opinion, UK, British blues guitarist. I am going to at a caveat but to me um god you know people say eric clapton was god and my sister used to write clapton is god on on fences i uh, know she did um when she was very young one of those people uh but for me gary moore is god and you know there are endless amount of amazing gary moore tracks you could stuff you could hear play live you know you could do stuff, anything off of uh, another um, uh, off the blues album any of the you know any of those stuff any of the blues stuff anything at all off of that off of the album you know anything right? I mean I could mention hundreds and most of them would be, I've still got the blues but the one song that really that, and this is, has to be early more Okay, this is with Phil in it, on bass. This is the song that everyone loves, everyone wants heard play, usually played in the middle of the set. But can you imagine, It's I've got this image in my mind of the video of Gary Moore in the red leather with his beautiful, beautiful um, Peter Green Gibson playing Parisian Walkways. Oh my God. The moment he holds that single note that goes on for what seems like ever in the middle of the song, you know, just, you know, he's got you in the palm of his hand. You're you're there just hovering around that note while he's holding that note. And how he does it is just supreme with the feedback, like the way he does it. And then it stops and then goes straight into the song and you're just bounced back in 
to the track. And honestly, for me, that would be an absolute screamer of an opener. If you want to talk about bangers and openers, Parisian walkways is the way to open. It really, really is. I mean, there's so many he could open with, but wow. Early, early more, you know, post um, Thin Lizzy, or just, you know, God at his best, right? God at his best. God rest him. Never saw him live. One of my, one of the sad things I've looked back on and never saw him live. Um, thank goodness we've got lots of videos we can watch of him and all his records. So that's a wonderful thing. They're going to move now to a personal experience of mine. Now this act, this actually happened. So this isn't fantasy, but um, this is vague memory. Okay, this is a vague memory. You have to forgive me. I was uh, 17, 18 possibly, sorry. Um, Candlemas with Messiah Marcolin at the Tufnell Park Dome. I've mentioned it before. Um, they were a double header with, uh, they were triple, no, triple header. It was Candlemas. It was um, Cathedral and St. Vitus. Uh, and they opened with Mirror Mirror. And I'm telling you, I it was a, it's a small venue. If you ever get a chance to go there, it's still it's still open, the Tuffle Park Dome in North London. Um, it went riotous. I was at the back of the at the back near the bar. I was too young at that time to venture forward. Nowadays, I'd be right at the front. But back then, I was a bit kind of. Mm, it was really quite hardcore. There were stage diving. There were people with Mohicans. What there were there were people with leather gear long hair and I was in my dad's old my grandfather's grandfather's old army coat and and arm and, and uh, a pair of old army boots and you know a trench coat it was it was bloody hot in there Whoa, it was hot but when Messiah Mark Collins you know bouncing around the stage in his cowl opening to this one of the greatest um probably the the, mo the, the as my, my good friend Mark used to say um this is the epitome of heavy metal. This is the F heavy metal riff. This is the riff that says it all, which is Mirror Mirror. Um, so you get a chance to write this down, guys. If you haven't heard that song, I've talked about it before, but write it down. Mirror Mirror by Canemass. Now, I'm sure they did open with that song, and if they didn't, and someone knows better than me, doesn't matter. My memory says it, my fantasy says it, and I bloody love it, and it was a great choice. Now... We've talked about solo career for some of these bands. And I'm going to talk about Bruce Dickinson here. Now, Brucey, or Brucey, or Brucey B, Brucey D, sorry. Um, he's had, and even if you listen, go back a few episodes, I did talk about Bruce Dickinson's solo albums. And he's had some hit and misses. Let's be honest, he has. We won't talk about Skunk Works. Well, I did, but we won't talk about it again. Um, but, Tattooed Millionaire. Again, fantasy for me, because this is my era, era solo Dickinson. You know, he just left Maiden when I left school. Um, maybe just after, I should say, sorry. And so I was really getting into his solo stuff. And I bought this album when it came out. I bought this single when it came out. I bloody love this song. Um, I know it's a, a big favourite of uh, Matt, good friend Matt, shout out to Matt, the best, most uh, um, amazing Iron Maiden fan of them all. What a great collection. If we ever, one day I'm going to get him on the show because what he doesn't own is uh, not worth having. That guy is like the Maiden 
nut and I love him for it he's such a he's like a encyclopedic Maiden fan um, and him both and I agree that Born in 58 is his best I love it it's um, if you go back to the show you'll listen to the show I talked about it it's a it's a biographical number it's fun it's so unmaideny. It, yeah it's so rock and roll it's so 90s I absolutely love it you know it's an album that is probably not not loved as much as it should be it's got some cringe moments on it yeah I'll, you go back and talk, listen to my show and you'll understand why I'm talking about that but it's also got some moments where you just go fucking hell wouldn't this have been amazing with Steve Harris on bass here, like with the lads on guitar, with Nico on drums. Um, I know he did that with Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter, but this one I bloody love it. And it would make a brilliant opening song because it is a biographical number. And then we know more about the boy, don't we? If you're first to the, if it's your first experience of Bruce. And then we're going to jump from Brucey. Oh God, sorry, that is a Candlemas, that's a tin. That's a bing, ding, 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 ding. I keep forgetting the bloody Millsy Mia. Uh, sorry, Millsy. Um, Brucey, 10. Oh, they're all going to be around there, aren't they? Let's be honest. They're all going to be around a 10 on the Millsy Mia. So if I forget one, you know it's going to be 10. Um, because these are my fantasies. Why would they not be? Um, on reflection, makes common sense, doesn't it? I'm just having some tea. One second, guys. Out of my Queen mug, or given when the Queen passed away, a friend of mine gave me a mug with Queen on it, um, with uh, the fabulous and wonderful Queen. All right, I haven't mentioned Queen as alive. Um, uh, they're not part of my fantasy list. Um, I might do them as a uh, as a um, honourable mention next week, at the beginning of the show. I remember to do so. Because I struggled with finding a song. I know that Millsy wants me to mention it. Um, in fact, I'll ta- I'll take I will mention. I'm, I'm going to mention it for Millsy because he's, you know, it's his favourite band of all time, and it would be unforgivable of me to, not to mention. Um, okay, he wants he wants Queen to open with Liar Liar. I don't know it that well. As I mentioned before, I'm not a really big Queen fan. I have a I have a couple of Queen albums. Um, I have one Queen live album, which I mentioned last week. But Liar Liar, okay. Um, he, I'm going to say for, for Millsy, it's a 10, right? It's going to break the meter. It's going to smash it into the stratosphere. Uh, so there you go, Millsy. Your, your fantasy opening track. I mean, if it was me, um, and I'm going to uh, slightly be controversial because it's probably one of my favourite it is my favourite Queen song. Um, people would go, they're going to say Bohemian Rhapsody, aren't they? They're going to say it, aren't they? They're going to say, I actually think, um, I mentioned this before, I think for me it's, um, I think, uh, mm, let me look at my notes from last week. Give me a second. Oh, where did I, what did I write for them? You come here for the note. You come here for the. You come here for this, don't you? Come here for me flicking through paper. Um, one second. I'm going to pause and I'll find it. See, for me, it would be Seven Seas of Rye. 
Um, I know they don't play it live very often. Rosie has said he's seen them play it live, and that's amazing. Again, it has to be, it has to be the Mercury era. Uh, I also probably put a cap. That for me would be around about a seven and eight, probably a nine. Um, coming in at around a seven, if I wanted to find another Queen song, I'd love to see them open with, and would probably be Radio Gaga, um, because I love. That era reminds me again of my brother Ronald, who is a big fan of Queen, and he would play that quite a lot. And it does remind me of that period of my life. That, uh, and you know, I love, and also you could open it because you've got the clapping, so it'll be open the song, get the audience all moving, right? Um, but for Millsy, it's going to be Liar Liar. There you go, Millsy, mate, number ten on the old fantasy meter. So back to where i was i'm losing my spot i'm losing my spot oh my god um we're gonna end the, we're gonna end this ep with um a couple of classics um judas priest now it could be a very really tough one judas priest right because again classic era priest um there's so many you could open with so many bangers so many slow builders but with priests there's not many slow builders is there really for me, it's my favourite, and it's a cover. It's a cover version. It's a cover version that they've made their own, and I. It is two actually um, that I would want. One would be a banger, top ten, smash a meter, millsy meter, smash the bells into the different stratosphere, and that's Green Manalishi, because it just that is epitome Sabbath, uh, Sabbath priest. It's my priest. It's the moment. It's the one I go back to all the time. I love that song immensely. I love the original version because I love, absolutely love, um, um, I absolutely love Peter Green. Go uh, see Fleetwood Mac. Um, I really do. And if I was doing an opening with Fleetwood Mac, it wouldn't be Green Man Lee either. It would probably be something else. But anyway, uh, and. For me, the second one, now you're going to look at me, look at quizzically and go, hmm, really? But Eat Me Alive. I, oh my God. I saw them play that uh, during the um, Nostradamus tour and it was a, it was on my seat. In fact, it was one of those weird concerts where every song they played was what I had on my CD that I was listening to at the time, my when I cut myself, put all the different songs and burnt CD. It was almost track for track. And then they did the entire Nostradamus. It was bloody amazing. Um, whether you're a fan or not, I don't know. Go back and listen to my my episode about that. It might change your mind. Um, I've got some really funny feedback about that. I don't care. I love the album. So Green Man Alishi, brilliant. And then Deep Purple. We can't not talk about Deep Purple. Now again, this is original lineup Purple, and I want to do something completely different. I don't want any. I'm going to go with Space Trucking. Because space trucking would get your blood pumping. It's a song that keeps moving and it never stops going. And it's it's got that real road feel, that real traveling sound. It's got that get the audience up and moving sound, right? Without being the heaviest thing they've ever done. So I love, and also love the, psycho, like the weird psychedelic um, middle-eight when they go off in a, a weird tangent live with it. Uh, you know, it's just... It is probably for me um, what I would say is my favourite um, purple track. So brilliant, okay. And then we're going to change genres completely. Here we're going to go. We're going to jump into my my second love. You know, 
I'm going to say it. It's a dirty word. You can bleep it if you want. It's prog. I love prog. You know that. And um, the crazier, the better. The more verbose and um, outrageous, the more I enjoy it. Okay. And firstly, I'm going to go with the best, the greatest of all of them, Genesis. The defining prog band of the entire genre, in my opinion. And we're going to go with Gabriel, it has to be Gabriel era Genesis. I'm not doing post-Gabriel. I mean, I know that Millsy was talking about Duke and I, I, I agree with him. That's my favourite non-Gabriel album. But I'm going to go for Gabriel. And it's not that what you think. It's not off the greatest prog album ever made. It's not off of, um, of Land by Zone on Broadway. It's not. I, I, I love that album a lot. I love it, I love it, I love it. But as I've seen it, when I saw it live last year, performed by Musical Box uh, at the Hams of Odeon, it was wonderful. None of the songs on there for me, I'd want to open a, a, a Genesis gig. I'm going to go with a, a two, okay? One would be real fantasy, and the other one would be beyond fantasy. If there's an, if there was a genre of beyond fantasy, on the meter, if there was a if the Millsy meter went to twenty, um, it would be the twenty-seven minute epic. Supper's ready. Take me there, baby. Jump me into it. I don't need any. I don't need any leading in. You can jump straight into that, and I'd be in raptures. Okay. That's my fantasy of fantasy. But to hit the 10, to get that meter, ding, 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 ding. I want them to open with their only real single, Gabriel era single. Um, that It didn't do that well. It's an unusual lyric, but it has been a part of my musical life for over 30 years. I adore it. More than 30 years. What am I saying? I'm 50. 40 years. I adore it. Um, when Stephen Hackett didn't play it live the first time I saw him, it really quite hurt me, actually. But when he played it again, I was in tears. And that's I Know What I Like in Your Wardrobe. An odd, silly little song with a very strange lyric. But I just love the a cappella bit. The do-do-do-do-do bit that goes on with Gabriel. I really, really love... Um, um, Colin's drums in it you know it's just it's it, he has a bit of a lyrical part on it it's got choppy it's just it's whimsical it's crazy and it's my favorite and to release it as a single just warms my heart and to open that would be up there with 10 right now we're going to move to another wonderful uh, prog album band the second greatest prog, prog band of them all and that's yes this is original lineup. Yes, I've actually got two lineups here. Um, there's several lineups. I like the tre I love the Trevor Horn lineup. We're not going to go there. We're going to go the original lineup, and we're going to go time and a word. My favourite, favourite solo of them all. It's one of those things. I don't know why, but the solo on time and a word um, just make it. it there's something about it. It, the, the way that, that that they string he strings the notes together right the way that 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 uh, the ugliest man in rock and roll sorry uh, <laughs> I know I shouldn't I know I shouldn't say that but how let's be honest he is he's a bit like Gollum but but extremely gifted with the guitar 
oh, oh God, that you know. I know he'd probably take a laugh for that. He probably understands, man. He, he's probably had more group, groupies than I can have hot dinners. But anyway, um, that's my favourite. I know there's a lot of tracks that people would say, "Wow, nothing off of um, Close to the Edge, nothing off of uh, you know um, Tales from a Tropographic Ocean." No, no, definitely Time and a Word, um, and in. The, my second favourite lineup of Yes is uh, ABWH or Anderson Buford, Buford, Wakeman and Howe. Then he made one album, and that's the self-titled Anderson Buford, Wakeman and Howe. I have talked about that in the show. Go back and listen. Uh, they wrote a song that um, makes me cry, causes me emotional pain to listen to, but every now and again when I really miss my brother Ronald, and I do miss him a lot, um, it's been 40 odd years since I've seen him uh, brother of mine it just it, it was written for me that's how I feel and I picked that cassette up out of a, out of a one pound bin at the local um, all night mini mark thing I was trying to date the girl at the time we were on a couple of dates I believe but uh, sadly, it didn't work out because I was also with another girl, and I was trying to—I don't know what. Anyway, whole complicated. I was only seventeen. You know, we do strange things when we're seventeen. But that album—it means a lot to me. And that song, generally, and to open with that, yes, I would be emotionally crippled. I read, but then afterwards, they could take me on whimsical journeys. I don't want to go home with a tear in my eye. I'd rather have that at the beginning, and then move on. Right. The same happens as well with ELPs and X-Band, Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Um, toy, they vie for me for the greatest project band, along with Genesis, they really do, for the complete and utter uh, n musical madness um, that they create. And yes, so many, you could say fanfare for the common man. You could do all sorts of things with them. But this particular track... Um, this makes me proud to be British, this song, and, and I find it uh, just just beautiful. It's, um, it's a very old song. It, it's written by William Blake, the lyrics of William Blake, um, Jerusalem. For me, it should be the Brit national anthem of, of Great Britain, uh, of England. I absolutely just, it makes the hair stand on the back of my hands. Or arms and the way that um, the way that, that that ELP do it and what they do to make it. I know that uh, Bruce Dickens has also done Jerusalem, uh, but to me this is the the one to open with. This is the this is the standard bearer of ELP. This is their their moment, right? They it, they this is the moment that says we are crazy Brits and we are proud to be British and this is our moment and we're going to be we're going to sing this song and make you feel reverential and and it makes you think and it's just a beautiful beautiful song and to open it if they I mean sadly they're never going to play live again because sadly two of them are gone um, so you know there's only Carl Palmer left please put him in cotton wool and don't let him get hurt because I don't think I can stand the fact of ELP all being gone um yeah, amazing. Stadium rocker. That would be a 10. A ding, 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 ding. Straight up there. Straight in there. Could not be any more than a 10. 
really truly honestly in fact anything off of anything off of brain salad surgery could sit there in that room and could open this album open this concert but certainly jerusalem is the one i'm going to finish here now guys because i've been chatting for over an hour i'm going to finish here with um my favorite band non-metal band of all and that's marillion and i'm going to end it on this because these two were the most were what be hard for me to to think about um i've got the fish era and the hogarth era now i have to give you a caveat again the hogarth era i don't listen to a lot um the first two hogarth era albums i listened to a lot um but the others i dip in and out of because i found they start to become aor uh, and middle of the road a little bit dad rock for me um and we're going to talk about merulian hmm tough one right of all the wonderful albums of all the opening songs you want i'm going to go with this one now people that know me john you'll know this you'll know it's my favorite tucks on tucks on which was the b-side to sugar mice or was it walmart circles no sugar mice and off the clutching the straws album it's one of my favorite fish lyrics it's actually my favorite um hogarth guitar solo uh it was a an absolute surprise to me because it wasn't on the album shake my fists in the air and make a guru noise it wasn't on the album but they did put on that bloody going under song again go back listen to my my episode about this album uh, it was the B-side of the single and I played it on my Iowa stereo stack system that I had in my bedroom that was a second hand from my brother who gave to me. The tape deck didn't work, the radio didn't work, only the record deck. But when I put it on and I flipped that single over and played Tucks On and there's me standing with my with my tennis racket in front of the mirror and I was Steve Hogarth for that three and a half minutes. Not Steve Hogarth, Stephen Rovery. Oh, sorry, too many Steves. Um, wow memories and it would that would open if they open with that holy christ i'm wonderful i mean i will do a songs that close a show ultimately sometime this year but this is an opener an absolute cracking opener and in the hogarth era a tough one again um i've only got one for me um actually there's two but the one that i'm gonna i saw them at the wembley arena with an old girlfriend of mine during the Easter, uh, it was the um, Season's Ends tour, the very first tour with Stephen Hogarth. And I don't think they open with Easter, but Easter's the one that I want them to open with. In my fantasy, in my mind, they open with Easter because that's his best solo with Marillion. Uh, in, with Hogarth Marillion, I should say. People will say, others, other people will say that he says it's his favourite solo. I have to agree with it. It's a beautiful song. It's so unruliany. Um, it it sort of it sort of straddles a different genre. It doesn't have prog in it at all. It's quite a, a rocky poppy era song, and I really really dig it. And it was a great single, and I really love when I bought it. I mean, I have to say that it's a close contention is uninvited guest, and to be really controversial, hooks in you. Um, and you know, and I'm just gonna say this Easter's a 10 ding 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 crash. Um, 
you know, hooks in you and uninvited guests, they'll sit around eight. So they'll nudge the eight. Um, and to go a little bit lower, but sort of nudge the plus fives, which I still would think would be pretty decent as an opener, is actually Holidays in Eden. I really, really dig that song. In fact, I was only listening to that this morning. Um, what a way to finish for the day, guys. That's me. I could go on and on and on and on and on. I've, I could go. It could, there's endless, endless opportunities. I hope that you've enjoyed this hour-long opening songs. If you don't know half of these songs or don't know them, please go and listen. Thanks for Millsy for his inspiration. I've bloody loved these last two episodes. They've actually been a real um, boost for me because, um, you know, over the Christmas period, you, you get really busy and ideas can slip away from you. I've got some, as I said, a brilliant idea for the 150th episode. I've got some cracking ideas coming up. We've got a band just reached out to me from Europe to review their singles, which I'll be doing as well, which I'm really excited about. Um, and so that's it for me. Uh, do tell me what your Millsy meters would be, wh where they would hit. Um, would, would your opening songs hit 10? I'm sure they would. Would your classic songs on already released albums, do they hit 10? I'm sure they would. So... This this show was sponsored to you by Millsy and his Millsy Meter and this Queen Cup with hot cup of tea in it. <laughs> anyway, bye for now, guys. Keep safe. Chat to you next week. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.